Hey, listen to this line from a Partridge Family song. A sad oak tree that's branches will not grow. A beautiful valley filled with sand. What's so very important about that line? It's an Echo Valley mystery. Next. Get me Echo Valley 
song is Sunny Honey Girl. The band is the Pipkins. The Pipkins uh, had uh, a couple of uh, minor hits. Uh, their best known hit is Gimme Dat Ding. The Pipkins are a British group made up of Tony Burroughs, who was the lead singer for many bands who had top ten hits, and Roger Greenaway, who uh, best known as uh, one of the two or three most important songwriters, pop songwriters, and bubblegum songwriters in England in the late 60s and 1970s. Before the Pipkins, we heard from Ola and the Janglers with Eeny Meeny Miney Moe. I'm Professor Bubblegum. This is Echo Valley. Sunshine man, 
you're looking good and feeling so fine With your warmed up soul and turned on night If you ever feel you're coming down Look me up and I'll bring you around I'm the sunshine man Sunshine No, you little boy. No, you dirty bum. You can't have any of my bubble gum.
from 1965, Shirley Ellis and the Clapping Song. Shirley Ellis followed the Racket Squad with Sunshine Man. You're listening to Echo Valley. I'm Professor Bubblegum. We like to play music that's sunshiny and bubbly and uh, gumbly. Uh, music a lot like this one from the Left Bank, 1967. And suddenly my world is filled with sunshine. Suddenly 
Passing of the Torch. Songs from this generation carrying on the tradition of bubblegum pop. That's from 1997, Oom Bop by Hansen. 
That song, of course, came out decades after Bubblegum Pop was big, but it uh, is still one of the best bubblegum songs of all time. In fact, if you go to the Classic Bubblegum Users Group on Yahoo, you'll see among uh, some of the top ten lists there that on at least one of those lists, Mbop is listed as a top ten greatest bubblegum song of all time. The only list it's on is yours. Time now for our dramatic reading. As you know, I'm your host, Professor Bubblegum. I'm also the mayor here in town, and much of my duties involve being the head librarian as well, and I like to gather the young people and read to them from some of the novels we have here in the library. The novel I have today is entitled That Girl. She's a frightened young maiden pursued on a haunted moor by a wrathful wraith. Would you believe she's that girl? This is a novel by Paul W. Fairman, based on the popular ABC TV series starring Marlo Thomas as that girl. Uh, let me take a look at the uh, publication date here. This is from 1971, and I'm going to be reading from uh, Chapter 2 in this dramatic novel where we see what happens to that girl uh, as she gets into all sorts of adventures as she tries to become an actress or model or big star in, in Hollywood or New York. It uh, looks like she lives in New York, and of course she's uh, engaged to her fiancé, a nice man named Donald. <clears throat> but Donald, all I want to do is become a good actress. Huh? And you plan to do that somewhere up in the wilds of Maine, where I won't see you all summer? Fine engagement, that is. That was how it had all started. Or rather, that was the big hump that Anne Marie had to demolish before she could even reach the bank of her Rubicon... The recent engagement made it tough. I know, Donald. It will be cruel. But you have a vacation coming. Not hardly. Too much work. Vacation postponed indefinitely. Probably next winter. There were times when Anne wished Donald weren't quite so handsome. So, well, so perfect for her. She wished that there could have been just enough doubt in her mind to leave no doubt whatever, but still make parting easier which was, of course, the kind of wish only a girl like Anne Marie could conjure up in the first place. "'There's plenty of work for you right here in New York,' he pouted. "'Long Island, the Jersey Shore, Westchester. They fairly bristle with straw hat.' But while we were romancing, gazing into each other's eyes, all the roles were filled. By the time we decided to become engaged, all the casting signs were taken down. "'Oh, I get it.' We wasted valuable time on non-essentials. Donald, I didn't mean it that way at all. He sighed. I suppose you didn't. The pause was longer than usual, long enough for Donald to finish his martini and order another. Two at lunch? Anne asked with raised eyebrows. Don't change the subject. But it's such a marvelous opportunity. What did your dad say? I haven't told him yet. And there, Donald said, looking like a judge too young for the bench, is what we have to contend with, the psychological slip. What on earth are you talking about? Your use of words. You said, I haven't told him yet. You didn't say, I haven't asked him yet. Anne put on her near-tears look. You're trying to make me sound like a stubborn person, one who achieves her ends regardless of what it entails. Donald eyed her serenely. What else is new? Talk me out of it, Donald, she thought. Jill told Bill that it was lots of fun to cook. 
Bill told Jill that she could bait a real fish hook. So they made ooey gooey chocolate cake, sticky licky sugar top, and they gobbled it and giggled. And they sat by the river and they fished in the water and they talked as the squirmy wormies wiggled, singing, Glad to have a Favorites you've never heard before on Echo Valley. I saw her dancing, dancing in some smoky place. Yeah. I'll bet that I was the only one who watched her face. All night I never saw a smile there. She didn't even try. I saw a tear in her eye Got to go back and watch that little girl dance I got to go back and watch that little girl dance I'll sit and watch her and wait till I can get her Say, baby, baby, let me take you home I wonder how it is to love her I toss and turn in my bed The way she moves to the music Can't get it out of my head I got to go back
Diamond, of course, with Cherry Cherry. Before Neil Diamond, we heard from the McCoys, I Got to Go Back. And starting things off, uh, Marlo Thomas with Glad to Have a Friend Like You. This is Professor Bubblegum. I'm talking to you live from Echo Valley. Time for another undisputed Bubblegum Hall of Fame a classic, classic, classic. It's
Bubblegum Hall of Fame classic, Grooviest Girl in the World by the Fun and Games. Time now for an Echo Valley mystery. And our mystery begins with this line or two from an early Partridge family song. Listen. A sad old tree that's branches will not grow. A beautiful valley filled with sand. Our mystery today centers around the question who are the Partridge family? Or is it who is the Partridge family? I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. Who are the Partridge family? The Partridge family we know uh, are a fictional band uh, portrayed by performers on the TV show The Partridge Family, which ran for four years on ABC from 1970 to 1974. The Partridge Family is a TV show that featured the actor David Cassidy and the actress Shirley Jones and several others who all played The Partridge Family. And then there were many hit recordings that featured David Cassidy singing himself, occasionally with Shirley Jones singing for herself as well, and then uh, some group of background voices not played by the performers on the TV show. But as many of you may know, there's an interesting history behind the Partridge family. And if we want to find out who the Partridge family really is, our first candidate, our first suspect, is the Cow Sills. Now, you've heard the Cow Sills. Here's what they sound like. I saw her sitting in the rain. Raindrops falling on her. She didn't seem to care. She sat there and smiled at me. Now, sources uh, differ on exactly the developmental role that Cow Sills played in the Partridge family. What sources uh, tend to agree on is that the inspiration for such a show about a mother singing with her five kids uh, came from the idea of the Cow Sills, who had hit records and uh, did feature a mom singing with her kids. Uh, but uh, Wikipedia has one story. Uh, some other books have other stories in terms of whether it was ever intended that the show would actually be uh, the Cow Sills and called the Cow Sill family. I th- the source that I trust most is uh, a, from a book called The Bubblegum Music is the Naked Truth. By the way, if you don't know about this book, Bubblegum Music is the Naked Truth, you really should get it. It's edited by Kim Cooper and David Smay, and it is essentially the Bible that we use here at Echo Valley. And there is an article in this book by Lisa Sutton that talks about the Partridge Family TV show and the band and how it came to be. And uh, uh, according to Sutton, uh, the idea for the show uh, had existed in uh, Bernie Slade, the creator of the show, for a couple of years. And then The Monkees was a hit. So the idea that you could have a TV show with a fictional band that produced hit records, that appealed to Columbia Studios. And so he approached them to make uh, The Partridge Family Show. Uh, his idea was to uh, study the Cow Sills and, and uh, approach them to see if they'd be involved in the show. And uh, eventually the Cow Sills were not involved. The exact reason for that is what's in dispute. But according to uh, Sutton in this article... Uh, 
the uh, studio itself never planned to use the Cowsills. They had put together some studio singers to sing for the Partridge family. And the group of singers they put together were made up of several people. Uh, two of the singers in this studio group uh, were from a uh, group of their own called The Love Generation. And it's worthwhile uh, listening to a song from The Love Generation. They had a couple of good hits. Here's one of them. We'll play this in its entirety, and you can see how this sounds a lot like that Partridge Family sound. Nothing so bad that it can't be a changing. Start rearranging life on the shelf. You're feeling sadness and out on the fun Cause you're having none, none, none by yourself. Singers and vocal arrangers for the Love Generation were brothers, John and Tom Baylor, and producer Wes Farrell, who was in charge of creating a Partridge Family sound, uh, brought them in to produce uh, the arrangements for the vocals on the planned Partridge Family albums, and they brought in uh, two other singers, uh, male Ron Hicklin and female Jackie Ward, and Ron Hicklin had a group of singers that he worked with who uh, did many themes for TV shows and sang backup uh, uncredited on many records. You've heard uh, Ron Hicklin or one of his singers uh, throughout uh, all of your personal experience with popular culture. You just don't know it. Uh, here's some of the times you've heard Ron Hicklin and his singers.
studio singers were all set and planned, and when Shirley Jones was hired as the singing Shirley Partridge, uh, it was assumed and agreed to that she would sing uh, backup on those songs because she was a uh, Oscar winner and a singer, a very good one. Uh, and in fact, uh, time now for that first album from the Partridge family. It's called the Partridge Family Album. And uh, this is before anyone thought David Cassidy might be singing. And many of the songs on that album are simply the backup singers with Shirley Jones' voices added. Uh, and the first episode of The Partridge Family features them uh, recording a song in the garage, and then the song becomes a medley where we see them uh, buying the school bus and painting it and all of that. And the song in that scene is Let the Good Times In. Now, you'll recall that the Love Generation had recorded a song, Let the Good Times In. That's what we just heard. And the arrangement for the Partridge family was very much the same, uh, except uh, this part here with the horns. The horns are replaced with Shirley Jones singing. So now it comes time to make that album. And the first Partridge Family album, of course, had intended to be the studio singers. And any time these songs appeared on the Partridge Family episodes, uh, the performers were just supposed to lip sync. The recordings might include Shirley Jones in real life, but certainly no one else. But David Cassidy approached Wes Farrell at some point during the making of the album and uh, claimed to be able to sing. Uh, and so they gave him a try. Which brings us to this Partridge Family song, which appears on the first album. Keep in mind, the first few episodes of the Partridge Family TV show only had voices of this studio group. And then the album eventually included some of the studio group songs, and then songs, the, the big hits that we know now, including I Think I Love You, with David Cassidy actually singing. But at some point during that recording process, they recorded the Partridge Family song entitled To Be Lovers. And I'm going to play uh, maybe the first half of that song, To Be Lovers, because it represents a very important moment, perhaps the most important moment in the history of popular music. Like a summer wind in the fall Like a color book without a paper doll what it's like to be lovers, to be lovers, when you're not in love. Like a drift of snow falling in June, like a November night without an autumn moon. what it's like to be lovers, to be lovers, when you're not in love. A sad old tree that's branches will not grow, a beautiful So you heard those two lines there, 
that's David Cassidy singing for the first time in the studio on a Partridge Family song. And it was an experiment by producer Wes Farrell to see if Mr. Cassidy could sing and how it would sound. And the rest, as they say, is history. A sad oak tree that's branches will not grow. A beautiful valley filled with sand. I'm sure you'll agree that the Partridge family didn't really come together when mom sang along. It came together and reached greatness when Keith Partridge, David Cassidy, sang along. So that's who the Partridge family really is, and I think the mystery is solved. But let's take a moment to appreciate the love generation, especially the Baylor brothers and their arrangements of the vocals to give the Partridge family that great, strong sound. Let's listen now to the love generation's best song grooviest song this is groovy summertime on echo valley so come on so come on Valley crew is spanning the globe, looking for bubblegum pop around the world. France, 
stamp Pop Rice Krispies I say it's crackle, the crispy sound You gotta have crackle or the clock's not wound Geese crackle, feathers tickle, belts buckle, beats pickle But crackle makes the world go round Stamp Crackle Pop Rice Krispies Now I insist that pops the sound The best is missed unless pops around You can't stop hopping when the cereal's popping Pop makes the world go round Snap, crackle, pop, rice, krispies Snap, it's crackle, the pop is the sound You gotta have crackle as the pop's not round Make pop, crackle, crackle, and the cereal's popping Snap, crackle, pop makes the world go round Kellogg's best to you Snap, Crackle, and Pop singing about themselves and their cereal. Before that, it was the music explosion with Yes, Sir. This is Professor Bubblegum. We're all out of time for this episode of Echo Valley. If you'd like to talk to me, my email address is professorbubblegum at hotmail.com, or you can follow the Twitter adventures of Kid Bubblegum, the intern here at the library. Uh, He's a good kid, and he has fun tales to share with you. His Twitter account is at Bubblegum Music. That's at Bubblegum underscore music. And we have a Facebook page, of course. Look up uh, Echo Valley, the original Bubblegum Music podcast on the Facebook. Thanks for visiting. Come back again. So long. Hello, operator. Get me Echo Valley 26809. You have reached a disconnected number. Six eight oh nine. I should have called a number. Echo Valley two six eight oh nine. I should have called a number. We have reached a distance.